I'm Kat Harris. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm an educator, brand strategist, and content creator. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful dialogue. It's a place where none is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where the journey is the destination. So I invite you to leave your Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is messy and beautifully imperfect. We all have a story to tell, and I want to hear yours. Hey guys, it's Kat here. Thanks for listening to the Refined Collective Podcast. Y'all, I am freaking out. We are nine episodes in. Like, if you would have told me six months ago that I would be nine episodes into a podcast of my very own, I would have laughed in your face. But you never know what a community of people encouraging you and pushing you forward to your dreams. You never know what kind of results you can create with others. And the Refining Collective podcast is the result of so many prayers, so much support, so many people advocating for this dream of mine. And so if you are listening to this, I want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for tuning in. I want to be a source of encouragement and hope and light to you. So before we get started on today's episode with Jasmine Starr, if you guys don't know Jasmine Starr, she's one of those people that you see online where you instantly want to be her best friend and then you meet her in person and she's the same and you're like, please, please, please be my best friend. Um, So I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her. Before we get started, since she is this business strategist, Instagram guru, I figured let's take it to the streets for this episode. Let's take it to Instagram. And what I want to do is share with you some of the reviews that we've been getting on iTunes. And I want to invite you, if you love this podcast, if you support us, please leave us some love on our iTunes page. You can go to iTunes, search Fine Collective Podcast or go on your little purple app on your phone, rate, subscribe, or view us. It blesses us so much to know what you guys think about this. Beth Kirby recently said, this is a refreshing, honest podcast with a ton of heart from the force of nature that is Cat Harris to the refined woman. Oh my gosh. This show is gentle yet tackles topics many would be afraid to. So excited to see what she has in store. Thank you, Beth. Another one, Cara July. I love this podcast. It's so refreshing to listen to people who are authentic and sharing their true selves. It's inspiring to see the struggle mixed in with the success in these women's lives. I've learned so much from Kat and her guests about being real, knowing ourselves and overcoming obstacles to make our dreams a reality. Definitely recommend this podcast. Guys, reviews like this make my heart so warm and I want to keep creating this meaningful content for you. So my invitation to you, leave us a review, rate us, subscribe us, screenshot it, put it on your Instagram story or on your feed, tag us, let us know what you're thinking. And I would love to share your view with the world. Again, guys, thank you for being a part of this tribe. It honestly would not be happening without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And y'all get ready to want to be Jasmine Starr's best friend. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris. And this week, 
I have the immense privilege and honor to talking with the one and only, <laughs> I feel like I'm a circus announcer right now, um, Jasmine Starr. Um, so welcome Jasmine to the podcast. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much. I feel like I should be like shelling peanuts or walking up with like a, you know, a tall hat and like a cane and be the circus, right? Like the, the, the guy in the center of the circus ring. Yes, that's absolutely. who I am. Now for the big main event. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you here. And for everyone who doesn't know who Jasmine Starr is, oh my gosh, you have to get to know her. What, what doesn't she do? Okay. So first of all, Jasmine is based out of Newport beach, California. She is a photographer and business strategist. And she went from, I get this dropping out of law school to becoming one of the top wedding photographers in the nation and now has pivoted into brand strategy, curating social content, being an innovator and, and a creative entrepreneur that is just so inspiring and incredible. Um, she has her Instagram at Jasmine star. She has her website, jasminestar.com. She has a monthly membership called my social curator. She has an Instagram course called Insta 180 and a, she also, I believe you just started a five day Instagram challenge. Um, like today or yesterday? We announced it. We actually start on June 1st. Okay. Um, so Jasmine, did I cover all the bases? <laughs> you covered more than the bases. It's like you covered the whole like World Series diamond. <laughs> so I just said, I just told everyone what you do. Now I want, Jasmine, I want to hear from you. Like, tell me who you are and what motivates you and, and the why behind all of what you're doing. Because in everything that I've seen you do, you are serving people, you are serving your audience and you are creative to the core. And I want to know like, what is motivating you behind that? Well, the me behind the business, I am a first generation Latina. My parents, my father immigrated from Mexico. My mother came to mainland United States from Puerto Rico. And they raised us to be strong, independent thinkers. We were homeschooled. And so I just had a lot of room to kind of make my own rules. And as long as I learned how to read, and as long as I learned my multiplication tables, my mom felt like her job was well done. And I hate to break it to her. I still don't know my multiplication tables, but I do know how to read. One <laughs> out of two is not bad. I ended up earning an academic scholarship to college where I majored in business administration and then earned an academic scholarship to UCLA law school. Wow. And no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just crazy because I feel like that was the safe and the traditional path. That was what I felt like I should do being like a first generation uh, immigrant, but also first generation college grad, first generation post-grad. It's like I wanted to make my family, but also my very, very simple community proud. I felt like I wanted to represent and be a byproduct of all of their hard work and sacrifice to kind of step into like the American demographic and say like, this is a new generation of people making waves. And in my mind, I considered making waves by having a safe career and making smart decisions and following the safe and predictable path. And then when I got to a point in my life where I realized that it was leaving me vacant, like I wasn't, I wasn't living 
in my truth. And my truth was to create and innovate and connect with people and think of new ideas and dare to dream impossible dreams and then make them come to life. And it just kind of came to a point in my life where I realized that I am destined and called to do things other than being on the safe path. And I think that's what brings me here today in my why. My why has been loosely described as empowering the perceived underdogs to pursue their wild and crazy dreams to build a business they love and a life that makes them proud. Mm, I love that. I I have goosebumps just hearing that. And even just like the end of that, where you said like you, like your heart, your vision is to empower like that underdog. A lot of times I feel like our biggest message or the biggest thing that motivates us is the same thing in our lives that like we need to hear. So I just like reflect that back to you. Like, have you felt like the underdog and have you felt like Yeah. Is that message for you as well? Oh, and I should clarify. Clarify is key here. Mm. I said the perceived underdog Mm. because I don't walk into a room and think, well, I'm in a room of underdogs. I walk into a room and I see gaps in people's faith in themselves. And I think you're, you perceive yourself as an underdog, but you are not an underdog. You are this wild, unique creature who's destined for great things if you give yourself the permission to. But I only came to that thesis after talking to my, talking myself through that same process. Of course, like I feel like I was undereducated, underfunded, underconnected, underprivileged, under all the under things that all of a sudden I realized that being under, a mountain of opposition was actually the thing that made me so strong in my vision for the future. And I think that I could speak to people so clearly about what I'm about because I say, I know that you don't have money. I know that you have people who don't believe in you. I know that there's people who are confused about what it is you think you're going to do. I know what it feels like to have people talk behind your back. I know what it's like to walk into a room of your peers and people scoff at the thing that you produce and also be envious about how you're connecting with perspective customers because in their mind, they don't think that you should be the person who's outside qualifying, growing their business. And yet you are. I know all of those things. So my message resonates with people who know and believe they have something great to share with the world, but they themselves have yet to actually go out and pursue it a hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, I resonate so much with that message because that has been, it's what I have, I guess my perceived, I have felt as though I've been the perceived underdog. And I first found out about you when I was working for another photographer in Newport beach. And I would like research on the internet, different wedding photographers, because I was just getting into the industry. And I honestly... I had no desire to start my own business. I, it wasn't even on my radar. I was like fine being in the background. I didn't really think I was good enough. I had no formal training. I had no connections. And I started reading your blog and I felt so connected to your story. And I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I ended up starting my own business, but your, I remember you remember that magazine you came out with, um, yes, exposed, exposed. Yes. I remember reading an article in there about your decision to go off on your own. And it was, you know, those moments that you have where you're like, okay, now that I know this thing, there's like no turning back. I can't unknow it. Reading that article in your Inexposed for me was one of those moments where I was like, wait, I, if she can do it, I can do it. 
So your story has been so empowering and encouraging to me. And the crazy thing is, if we take a step back, Kat, we're both functioning in the assumption that our listeners in this moment know about what it what it means and what it feels and what it looks like to actually produce a magazine. So people are like, wait a minute, she is yeah. a business strategist. Wait, she does social media. Wait, she's a photographer. Wait, she has a magazine. And right. all of those things are, yes, because I believe that I have a mission and a thing to share. And people often think, well, does that dilute your creative energy or how you're able to connect with people? And they say, no, because I've been able to show up consistently on my blog and on social media and create videos to say, this is my journey. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's. Right. And when you have, or at least for me, when I know my why, and I feel like this is like Simon Sinek, I feel like I preach him like every day that I can, uh, how great leaders inspire action is by being connected to your vision, to your why. And then the what is just a vehicle for your message. So like my why is to empower women to embrace their beauty, identity, and value through storytelling. So what do I create? Well, I can do that through photography. I can do it through writing. I can do it through so many things. And I think there's so much freedom and permission in the what when you have a strong why. And I feel like that's what I like have seen and what you're up to and what you're doing is, yeah, you're doing a lot of things, but there you have this like common thread, this like invisible red thread throughout all of it that says like you matter, like you can have the job of your dreams, you can build the life you want and so on. And I believe that the more I do and the less that it's cognitively connected, the more I empower other people to believe that their wild and crazy dream is possible. Because oftentimes when I put forth, like, this is a thing I want to do next. People are like, wait, how does that? No, that for all intents and purposes, it shouldn't work. And I nod and I look across the room and I say, you're right. It shouldn't, but watch me do it. Only because when you know, when you come from a place of service, it's, it's removes all sense of ego. And that when I have alignment into my integrity and the thing that I'm supposed to do, which is to help other people pursue their dreams, to build a business that they are proud of and to live a life that they love. When I know that everything I create comes from that place that I am just a vessel of creativity to pour things out. And Stephen Pressfield says, our job is not to be responsible for the outcome. Our job is simply to do the work. And I think if I keep that in the forefront of my mind, everything that I put out will be a reflection of why I should be there. And that's in a place of service and inspiration to others. Yeah. So let's talk about serving our audience. Cause I was watching your Instagram live and you said, when you give yourself permission to serve, you become a vessel for creativity. And I know something that I've experienced as like a scarcity mentality, a fear mentality, and this like tension of going back and forth between, yes, I want to serve, 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 create. And then like the fear pops up or maybe even just like the rational side of my mind. That's like, but you also got to pay the bills. (laughs) And so, and I'm sure there's other entrepreneurs or small business owners just getting started that are like, yeah, I want to serve others, but my rent's due next month. And I need, I, I also want this to be a lucrative business. And so my question in that is, how do we trust that the money is going to come? How do we serve our audience like from a genuine and authentic place while also being intentional and strategic about, all right, like I'm running my own business. Here's the numbers that I want to project. Like here's the savings I want to have. Here's the team I want to hire. How do we balance like that service mentality while also being a shrewd business person? 
Well, I think it's all about like reverse engineering or basically working backwards from the thing ultimately that you're selling because we all, we're, we're hardwired to do what we want to do specifically as business owners. So when I talk about coming from a place of service, I talk about coming from a place of service for things that light me up. Mm. A lot of what I create in my business are social media solutions, social media solutions that save people time and stress and energy. So if I know that the thing that I'm selling accomplishes that, then the place of service that I put out must reflect back to that. So when people say, oh, but I have bills to pay, right, boo-boo, so do I. So what is the content that you're creating that serves your audience, but also points back to the thing that you're selling? They must be in tandem. They must work alongside each other. One does not exist without the other, unless you're working with a nonprofit agency or an organization like a church, and that's just becoming a place of service from your heart, independent of you as a business person. Mm, yeah, that's good. That like, while you were talking, I was reminded of that. Like what, what do flight attendants say when they're on the plane? They're like, um, you know, the put planes, on your, yeah, put on your mask, put on first. Your air yeah. mask first before putting on other people's. And I think for a long time in my head, I was like, isn't that like not being a servant hearted person to other people? And then I feel like I had this epiphany moment where I was like, no, wait, like if I can't take care of myself, I'm going to be a very little help and service to other people. And so it's, I feel like what, like what I'm getting from what you're saying is to create something where, yes, you have to like take care of yourself, but have it be like this outward focused vision. And, and then it can live hand in hand. Absolutely. Are y'all just loving this episode with Jasmine Starr? She is... I think my spirit animal, am I allowed to even say that? Jasmine is the best. But we are here today with Jasmine because of this week's sponsor, Primally Pure. Now you may recognize the name. It's because last week on the podcast, I interviewed Bethany McDaniel, founder of Primally Pure Skincare. If you have not heard of her or did not get a chance to listen to her episode, First of all, finish listening to this one because it's pretty good, but then go listen to Bethany's. Her story and how she built Primally Pure from the ground up is incredible. So I want to thank Primally Pure for sponsoring this episode. They have such incredible, clean, toxic-free, certified organic skincare products. Some of my personal favorites happen to be their charcoal deodorant. And y'all, it actually works. Like it's not one of those toxic free deodorants that ruins all your clothes. Not speaking from experience or anything, (laughs) but it actually works. And their geranium base mist, I seriously... I could drink that stuff. I'm sure I'm able to, right? Because it's clean and toxic free. But those are two of some of my favorite of their products. Check them out, primallypure.com. Their Instagram is at primallypure and they gave us a 10% off discount code. The code is TRW, as in the refined woman, 10. So TRW10. Y'all get on that Primally Pure bandwagon. They are amazing. Thank you, Primally Pure, for bringing us another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. Another thing that I feel so fascinated with your story about Jasmine is the career pivot. 
And I feel like you've done this really well over the years. I've, I've watched you do it. I mean, even just from law school to photography to the different, the different things that you're doing now, what I have seen happen with a lot of creatives. And I think I let it happen to me a little bit. And when I was fully a wedding photographer, but you get so in the world and you get so caught up in like, this is the thing I'm doing right now. I've put all these eggs in this basket and I've seen so many people, myself included, get burnt out. And then, but they're at this point in their career where they're like, it almost feels like it's too late to shift. So they, then they feel like pigeonholed into the career that they're in or what can happen. And I think this happens a lot with like the millennial generation. And I I think I'm a millennial, but I'm, I'm like right on the cusp, but so am I. So let's just, for the sake of purposes, completely embrace it. Yeah. Then you have, um, our millennial mentality of, you know, we don't hold jobs more than two years. If we're not a CEO in six months or haven't gotten that promotion, we don't know when to stick it through versus like when to be faithful and committed and go through what, you know, Seth Godin calls the dip, that time in your career where you have to do that, that work and the tasks and the things that you don't really want to do to get you to that next level. So I feel like you have like these two like opposing things that are happening. People who either like leave to pivot too quickly or like don't ever do it. And you've pivoted, it seems very strategically over the years. Um, Can you unpack that a little bit? Absolutely. And so I'll just kind of like lay out a little bit of like breadcrumbs and then you can choose your own adventure like Nancy Drew. Because I want to make sure that I serve the audience like who's listening because I could literally talk about this for like days. But since we don't have that much time together, I'll kind of just set out the, the basis for people who are unfamiliar with my journey. Yeah. Like Kat had mentioned, I uh, dropped out of law school when my mom was diagnosed with, had a relapse with brain cancer. And I just had this reckoning. And this happened when I was 25 years old. And I thought to myself, oh my God, my mom is 50. I'm having a midlife crisis. And I distinctly remember that during that time, being 25, I thought to myself, I cannot, will not, shall not live a life where I die when I'm 50 and look back and wonder what if. And then I thought to myself, you fool, you're not guaranteed 25 years. You're not even guaranteed 25 minutes. So what are you going to do with this vivacious and reckless and amazing life that you have? And I just think to myself, I refuse to let myself live the life that I never envisioned for myself. And that vision of my life continues to change. And I realize that the more I lean into this idea that I can think of something and then go out and do it, and it comes with a lot of risk and it comes with a lot of pain and it comes with a lot of what ifs, but it's what if in the moment, it's not what if in the future, looking back retrospectively. So the pivot for me, a, vi- a large pivot that I think Kat is probably most often referring to or most interested in was I had built up a very... For- very successful photography business. It became like an internationally recognized brand. I would venture to say for all intents and purposes, I was the 1% of the 1%. And I don't say that lightly. And I don't say that egocentrically or uh, like it's braggadocious. It's just, it was just a fact. My husband and I ran our business together. We were being flown all around the world. Carte Blanc, a client would book us online having never met us and then give us over tens of thousands of dollars to shoot their wedding. I was able to work with editors of magazines and shoot for them. And it was on the outside what everybody in the photography world would want. Freedom, Mm -hmm. latitude, travel, inspiration. 
what more can a person want? And yet I found myself asking myself that question. I said, I cannot go anywhere else but here. And mm-hmm. is here enough? And the thing that I've seen so often, and not just a creative industry, but industries across the board, is that if you stop growing, you become stagnant. And the mm-hmm. minute you become stagnant is the minute that you're giving so much opportunity for somebody else to dictate how your story ends up. Because when you get when you get to a place in your industry where you are no longer having the fire and the urge to recreate and rethink and redo, and after 12 years of being an exclusive wedding photographer, my focus, my niche, my entire income was based solely on that. And it was wonderful. But I thought, this is it. I've stopped growing here. And the more I started thinking about it, the question that people that I was often asked by, I invested in to go into mentorships and masterminds and people would say, if you could wake up and do something with your life every day, what would it be? And I never gave myself, even in the midst of like me having running a very, having a very successful career, I never gave myself the opportunity to verbalize what it is that I wanted because in my mind, it didn't exist. And I've only ever up until that point where I was in my late twenties, I would only ever look around and think I can only do what I see. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until I gave myself the permission to do the thing I envisioned in my mind. And in my mind, I had said, well, a perfect day for me would be that I get up, I get to shoot, I get to practice yoga, I get to walk my dog with my husband, I get to eat well, like eat healthy, I get to write, I love writing, I get to synthesize and I get to interview people that I find inspiring. Mm -hmm. Like that literally sounds like the millennial like dream. Like that's a millennial, that's the most ridiculous millennial talk. And I was like, who's going to pay me to take pictures without an objective? And who's going to, who can I interview? And who's going to pay me to write? And then all of a sudden, the more we started doing things, the more I started writing and the more I prioritized self-care and the more that I did the things that I actually wanted to do, I was able to create a career. This past weekend, I heard Lewis Howe speak. And one one of the quotes that resonated with me, he says that clarity comes from action, not thought. Ooh. Right? And so all of a sudden I realized that when I started doing things without having the answer, without when I trying things and testing things and giving myself the permission just to try and take action, that is when I was able to build the career of my dreams. So when I started pursuing things tangentially, ancillary Mm -hmm. to the thing that was actually bringing in a very healthy income for my husband and I, I started thinking could I dabble and do other things? Could I start creating content? Could I start connecting with people and repositioning all of my social media? Because on the outward facing, my business was solely wedding photography at the time. What would it look and what would it feel like? And so I just started to test the waters and slowly peel back my photography branding and really start infusing more of myself. Now I didn't, it wasn't a cold turkey. In fact, I can look back and say that the pivot that on the outside people think that happened so quickly. I was like, well, before I actually made like a public declaration of like a somewhat change of where the brand was going, it was two years behind the scenes, two years of trying to build two careers simultaneously. Outward facing was a hundred percent photography. I was uh, traveling, I was teaching, I was doing all the things to pers- to sustain that business. But late nights, weekends, 
weekends, early mornings, I was working on creating content that would help business owners show up on social media. And so I knew that it was going to be a risk to come out and start creating content that wasn't photography related. But by this point in time in my career, I had said everything I wanted to say. I had shared, I had done, I had stood in my truth and said, this is all I have. Now I could have gone back and done the safe route, which is to regurgitate and repeat all the things that I had and just kind of like dress it up with like a 2015, 2016 spin. But I was like, I'm done. Like I've said the things that I needed to say and behind the scenes started creating content, started creating what we call like lead magnets or PDFs, helpful books. I started networking with small business owners to find out what their pressure points were. Like, why were they not? I, I didn't realize how spoiled so many of us creative entrepreneurs are. Like if, if you're pretty decent with a camera or even your iPhone, like you know how to show up on social media, but the vast majority of business owners, life coaches, bakers, shoe cobblers. Like they don't know how to show up on social media, but they know that they need to be there. And all of a sudden I realized that I had a superpower. I know how to look at businesses, any business and learn how to represent their business and brand visually, how to put words around it, how to build a story and how to synthesize it, it in relation to their marketing strategy. So I started testing that. And then in 2000. 17, I decided to take a sabbatical that I committed that I said, I'm Taylor Swift has this quote that I love. She says, when you chase two rabbits, you miss them both. Ooh. And I had gotten to a point in my career where I was chasing two rabbits. And I said, if I don't give myself the permission to take one crazy risk, mm. I will lose both of these things because I couldn't give a hundred percent to each of them. And so we had saved for two years, putting money away, putting money away, putting money away. And we had functioned that we said, if we tighten our belt super, super, super tight, and we run a very lean household and a very lean business, if we don't make a single dime off this new venture, we'll be okay. And it was in that time. And then against, I mean, against our wildest dreams, this business strategy, social media content, creative content creation, skyrocketed. Yeah. So we had prepared for the worst and ended up living our best. And I feel like that is the thing I want to talk when it comes to pivoting is being yeah. smart about running two things until you get the, to the precipice where you must make a decision. Then you will have saved strategically and understanding that you may or may not be able to pursue and live the life that you used to. We were pre fully preparing not to go on vacations, fully preparing to not buy clothes with the same frequency, fully preparing not to go out on date nights. When you prepare like that and you're okay with it, then you take a risk with strategy and it will pay off. I'm like seriously taking pages of notes right now. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, but what is so interesting, and I think I'm, I'm so glad that you shared this, Jasmine, is I can have a bad day at work. And I just shared with you before we started recording, my website crashed today, my email crashed today. And if I have to be on one more tech support call, I think I'm going to throw my computer at the window. But like, we all have those days at work where we're like, I can't get me out of here. I, I just need to get up and do something new. And that's not what you're saying. This was like, it may have looked on the outside, like 
you launched a new website, but this was like in the works for two years. And it sounds like the first step, what you said was it starts with giving yourself permission to dream and be open to the possibility. And I love what you said. You said to let yourself envision something that's not already there. Cause it, how easy is it just to get stuck up? Like, well, this is what Jasmine's doing. So if she's doing that, then that's the only thing I can do. Or if Jenna Kutcher's doing this, then I guess that's my path. But allowing yourself, how I wonder how many people go through their lives and their careers, not even giving themselves the space to pause and think of what is it that I really want here? And it sounds like that was kind of like the a starting point for you was when you gave yourself that permission. Absolutely. And so often many of us don't give ourselves the permission because we're so busy, like we're stuck in the weeds. Like we're like, well, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do that. And then you all, you fill up your vocabulary with have tos, but my challenge is to fill up your vocabulary with why. Why am I doing this? Why do I feel like this is my only option? Because if you're willing to put in the hard work and do a self-diagnosis of what it is you truly want, you may realize that you could live with less because you're saving yourself time and energy and stress. And on the upside, that will give you the room and the space and the creativity to dream for more. Yeah. So it's it's starting from that place of permission. And then it's like, you were like working behind the scenes. So you pretty much had like, you were doing two jobs at once and, but like no one really knew you were doing the second job, right? Like it's all like under the surface, you're prepping, you're getting ready. That's like, you're a little like bear storing for the ready, getting ready for winter. And you were super intentional and strategic about it. Like, I think that is encouraging, inspiring for me to hear because it's so easy to feel stuck, right? Or it's so easy to feel like it's never going to happen. It's, I used to think I can't start this business because I can't go in it full time. But how important is it for me to even just hear your story to know, like, you eventually got to the point where you jumped and you went all in, but it wasn't like a flippant jump. It wasn't a, we're just going to do this. Let's just see where this goes. You guys saved up for a long time. You made sure to tighten the reins before going all in. A thousand percent. Like I will say that, you know, when somebody, when somebody describes how a risk taker looks and acts, I don't necessarily identify with that description. I will say that I do take strategic risks mm-hmm. and There were so many nights and weekends where you just feel like I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I also knew that if I just didn't give it a try, I would be perpetually stuck in a thing that left me not 100% happy. I want to be 100% happy or at least be excited to try to be 100% happy because in your current state, if you don't see the hope or the ability to be 100% happy, then you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it it takes those moments of like pausing, like you said, getting up out of those weeds, looking up, getting a fresh perspective, like, all right. And just like what you said, like reconnecting with that. Why, like, why am I doing this? Why am I creating? And I did a leadership workshop a few years ago and we did this, we did a, an exercise and it was all about like our daily to-do list. And so I said, okay, well, I have to check my email. I have to do an Instagram post. I have to go to work. I have to do these things. And then the second time we went through that, we got the opportunity to go through all of those same to-dos again and say, I get to, I get to go to work. I get to do the Instagram post. I get to create, I get to take out the trash, whatever it is. And then we went through another time and it was a gift. So it's a gift 
to wake up at 6am. It's a gift to practice yoga. It's a gift to serve my audience. And like, I hear that. And in, in what you're saying is, is we don't really have to do anything. Like it's connecting with your why and you getting to do it, you getting to create. What do you think of that perspective? I love it. I love it. I've always, um, I've not always for the past three years made a highly cognizant decision for me to reframe the haves with I gets, but I didn't hear it in the tertiary level. It's a gift. The idea of gifting myself with this is an even deeper and more profound way to approach like a to-do list. I love it. Love it. So you briefly skimmed over the point in your career where you started really what I'll call investing into your success or investing into your development, like by mentorships, masterminds, all of those things. Our audience is a lot of small business owners, creative entrepreneurs that maybe haven't quite even got to that point. They're just kind of like in the hustle, doing it on their own. At what point did you start getting mentorship, masterminds? stuff like that. And when would you, when would you encourage someone, a business owner to start going that route? I wish somebody would have told me to do it so much earlier, but okay. So let's loop back to the beginning of the story where I talk about how my father immigrated to Mexico and my mom came to mainland uh, United States from Puerto Rico. I grew up really poor, like government issued food, taking the bus to church, only being able to shop in thrift stores for holiday outfits. So really, really, really simple means growing up. And so I think as a byproduct, I have a weird relationship with money. I'm not afraid of money, but when you're starting your business, you always like as a child, I saw my parents lose their home, not once, but twice. I've seen my mom, like literally every morning to work myself, my sister, my mom would go outside and we push our dad's car out of the driveway so that he could jumpstart it. And I think that those have left like really indelible impressions of what it means to have and have not. And so as I was building my business and I was finding success, I became tethered to this idea of it, it, it can all go away. Like I can literally get on the bus just like my parents did. And I could lose my house just like my parents did. And I think that that stopped me from investing in myself because I just wanted to save, save, save. And Mm -hmm. the minute that I actually unfurled my fingers and held up my finances with the palms just up and became less connected to the number that was in my palm, instead of just realizing that something was in my palm was when my business just exploded. I had never... so. I always say that I went to the University of Google. I always say that my like my mentors are like Mark Cuban and Richard yeah. Branson. Yeah, you know, like we're homies. Um, but that's only because I stalked everything they did. Like, ask me Oprah's shoe size. Ask me where she went on vacation. Ask me what kind of dog she likes. I know those things because I just would watch and learn everything they did. But watching from a distance isn't the same as having somebody pour into you on a personal level. And that's the one thing I wish I can go back and do. I wish I can go back and pay for business coaching or pay for mentorship earlier than I did. I did not actually actively invest, put like my money where my mouth was until 2016. And that's when I was trying to, you know, strongly pivot into like a new world. And I didn't know uh, how to do it. And I will say that we often frame it as I'm investing in a mentor or I'm investing in a mastermind when what we should be saying, the thing that I learned is I'm buying myself time. Mm. That is exactly why we do these things. And I think that 
seeing my mom with her life in the balance and thankfully she's alive and she's well, and she's just the most amazing person to ever walk the face of the earth. I'm not kidding you. I know every mom thinks that their mom is great and none of us are wrong, but Millie, she's special. She's like this little spiritual unicorn. And so, um, when, when I saw that, when I thought to myself, my God, life is but a flickering flame. What will I do with the time that I have here? It's not, I no longer felt like the responsibility to teach myself everything on Google that I could and say, I am worth investing in. And the minute I invested, I saw a line, a chart, a path that cleared out so specifically, this is how you do this, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. Like what I learned in a matter of a month would have literally taken me over a year Mm -hmm. to learn. And so in 2016, that was the very first time that I invested in a mastermind. And at the time, the mastermind, I don't even know if I'm going to talk about it because if it doesn't, I mean, it scared, it scared the pants off me. So I had never even heard, if you don't know what a mastermind is, don't worry, you're not alone. I never thought, I never knew what that was. I always like, it sounded like something on Pinky and the Brain, like Animaniacs. Like it's just a weird name. I was like, we're going to take over the world. It's so weird. But anyway, so I had watched this class on the internet at the time it was called a webinar. It is still called a webinar. I didn't even know what a webinar was. I was just like, what? I signed up to watch this class on the internet. Like it's, I mean, it's like the AOL, I'm literally the AOL equivalent of, you know, a millennial. So I'm like, wait, what is going on? So I watched this class and at the end, he, he's about to tell you how much it is to join this mastermind. And my husband and I are listening to it. And my husband's like, I think this is gonna be really expensive. I was like, so do I. I was like, how much do you think it is? And he's like, I think it's $8,000. And I was like, oh, I think it's 10. And so then we waited on pins and needles. And finally, when he got to the pitch part and he's like, if you would like to join us for $30,000. And we were like, what? (laughs) This guy's smoking crack. Look at him. This guy on the internet. Does this fool snake oil salesman think that I'm going to just wire him over $30,000? I was like, fool be tripping. I close my laptop. And as we're getting ready for bed, my husband says, you're thinking about it, aren't you? And I was like, I am. And he's like, you're not going to do it, are you? I was like, I think I am. And he's just like, you're making an emotional decision. Just sleep on it, which I think is so patronizing because my mom used to say the same thing to me growing up, like sleep on it. And then I married a man who says, I was like, I don't need sleep. I have my answer. But being the loving and patient wife that I am, not really like tongue in cheek. I, uh, the next morning I was just like, well, I'm just going to apply because you had to apply and then you had to get approved and you had to make a certain amount of money and you had to produce a certain amount of things. And I was like, I don't really think I'm a good candidate. And JD, my husband was like, you're a good candidate. And I was like, well, I'm just going to step through the door. I applied. I was accepted. And then it came time to make the decision if I was going to spend that amount of money and never in my life. And was I, it was my business at the time in any way, shape or form ready. If remember we had been taking this big pivot, we were cinching our belt. Cause we were like, we got to tie it down. Was I in that position? No, but I knew that this group of people was going to provide for me a lot of time and ache and pain and mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that things, and since then, Kat, like I've seen how much one hour, one day, one week can save me in my business. And since then, and if you can believe it, I'm almost embarrassed to admit it. I'm actually doing two masterminds this year, which is bat trash crazy. Girl, girl, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I drank the Kool-Aid and I just go to these events and I come back and I'm just like, oh my God, I got to do this, 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 and this. It's like, I just feel my business like completely catalyzing um, and, and clarifying and 
because life is so short, I think it's invaluable. And if I want to reach my goals, like my annual goals, and then I have one, three, five year goals. If I want to reach those, then I know I need to make big changes in my business. And how can I make the biggest changes in the shortest amount of time? And that's to learn from other people who walk the similar path. Yes. And, and also like, we don't know, I don't know what I don't know. And I think so many of us as entrepreneurs, like, I feel like I, I started my wedding photography business six years ago and I'm phasing out of it now, but I like ran my business off of like gut and like intuition and see, like seeing what other people were doing. And I got to a, a pretty good level of success doing that on my own. And then I started the refined woman five years ago and four years in, I was like, this is not making any money and I'm serving my audience, but I feel like I'm not doing it strategically. And I felt like I hit a glass, like a ceiling of like, I think I may have done all that I can do on my own and I need outside perspective. I need to know how other people are doing it. Otherwise, like I'm just walking around with a blindfold on. And this year it was actually as my first year really investing into my career in that way. I joined my first mastermind. And I mean, I tell I tell you what I was like, I'm paying what? But even just six months in, I just see, oh my gosh, like. I just did not know what I did not know. And so I feel like for my friends that um, went the corporate route when they graduated from college is you get to a certain level in your career. And if you're with a good company, let's say five, seven years in, 10 years in, and you want to go on like the C-suite track or you're up for a, another promotion, your company is going to start investing into you. A lot of companies pay for you to get your master's. A lot of companies give you internal um, internal mentors. They bring in emotional intelligence, leadership development programs, outside coaches for you to stay at the company, but so also so that you can also grow. And I think that's just something I never knew existed until talking with my friends that were like in the finance world here in New York, and I realized, oh. So it's normal to like not know what you don't like to not know. And like we all need someone outside of ourselves to kind of like help us along on the journey. And as a as an entrepreneur, like we like we need that expertise from the outside. At least I know that I do. <laughs> so true. So true. Well, Jasmine, this has been so great. I feel like I've I've learned so much from you just in this conversation and so inspired by what you're up to. And as we kind of come to a close, I ask everyone the same three questions at the end of the episode. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What three things are you loving right now? I am absolutely loving. I know this sounds so boring and way too California, but I absolutely <laughs> love plant-based cleanses. Like, so for three days, I eat no sugar, no carbs, no alcohol, nothing. You just eat food based from plants. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing. It has, it has like healing properties. I feel like my brain works better. I feel like I'm in a better mood. I have more energy. And so I do them like once every three weeks. 
I love that. And do I you know. have a brand that you like really love that? Like, I've oh. tried them all. Girl, I have tried them all. It's ridiculous. Like my husband thinks that I'm going to soon be dipping into our 401k just to fund my like plant-based obsession. Um, I actually have tried them all. And I'm a big fan of a local one here in California called Nutrivenience. It's like, she just, it's so nice because as an entrepreneur, you get so busy and like the food arrives on your doorstep and everything's labeled day one, day two, day, like days one through five. And it's just amazing. I'm obsessed. That sounds fabulous. What else? Um, obsessed. I'm definitely obsessed. Did I, I think I've already made an allusion to yoga, but I know that it sounds like crazy, but it's hot yoga done to hip hop. So yeah. it's like, you have a little bit of Biggie, you have a little bit of Drake. And I know that it's like against all like traditions of like proper <laughs> namaste, but let me tell you something like iced tea, can really just get you going in the mornings. Just saying whatever gets you on the mat. Like that's the, that's, that's right, girl. That is right. And the third thing that I am completely obsessed with is this coffee called proud Mary's. It sounds really diva. Like it's like, and here's the thing. I don't do very diva things for myself. I'm not a shopper. I don't have expensive bags. I don't own like 18 pairs of Louboutins. I just, when I find something that I'm like, just smitten with it. And it's this coffee called Proud Mary. Somebody, a friend had mailed it to me and they uh, roast their beans in Australia, which, oh my God, way too fancy. (laughs) When you taste this coffee, you're like, this is so legit. Like I'm ruined. I was ruined. And now I order Proud Mary coffee. Ridiculous. I know, but worth it. Let me just tell you. You got to do, you know, you do your Beyonce yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, I'm so annoying cat. So food (laughs) lace cleanses, Proud Mary coffee and yoga. Do I sound quintessentially Californian? Oh, I'm so annoyed with myself. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, And next, um, what do you wish you could tell your younger self? Take bigger risks, Mm. jump, and the net will appear. Like I always think to myself, if I can go back and tell myself when I was 20 years old, when my mom was battling cancer the first time around and I was trying to get straight A's and I worked two jobs and I had like to maintain a job on campus for my scholarships. Mm. I just wish I can go back to that girl and say, it's so worth it. Mm. It's all going to be okay. Like, that's what I would say. Mm. I would look at her in the cafeteria and say, it's worth it. And it's all going to be okay. Mm. I love that. Um, and just lastly, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but I believe that all of us are created to tell a story and we all have this thing inside of us that needs to get out. Um, so what I just want to, last thing I want to ask you, Jasmine, is what is your vision for yourself and others? My vision for myself and is the exact same vision that I have for others. And that's to give ourselves the permission to dream the life that we hope for and then set out to create it. Mm, that's good. That's good stuff. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much for your time, for your insight for enlightening me on plant-based cleanses <laughs> for all the things. Um, you are such a shining bright light and I'm so honored to know you. Thank oh, you. You're the best cat. Thank you for the honor. I absolutely love what you're doing and I know that you're just leaving a powerful dent in the world. So thank you. Oh, thanks girl. All right. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Take care. Bye. 
Oh my gosh, guys, do you not just love Jasmine Starr? She is one of those people that is the real deal. Who she is online and who you heard on her podcast is who she is in real life. She is genuine. She's authentic. She is funny. She is real. And she is one of the hardest workers I know. And I want you guys to get to experience her business savvy Instagram strategy the way I have over the years. So right now she is gearing up to do a free five day Instagram challenge customized to grow your Instagram. Hey, who does not want to grow their Instagram? I know I do. This girl is a guru. <laughs> I swear. Okay. So it starts June 1st. You can sign up for it now. Go to jasminestar.com slash challenge. That's jasminestar.com slash challenge. And Jasmine is spelled J-A-S-M-I-N-E. Don't forget that E y'all. Sign up for her challenge. And I cannot wait to see the growth you guys experience. I'm Kat Harris, and you've been listening to the Refined Collective Podcast. You can follow our journey on Instagram at The Refined Woman, our website, therefinedwoman.com for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time. And thank you so much for listening. And one last thing, in case you ever forget, you are not alone. Your story matters and you belong here.